Right, hi guys, uh, welcome back. It's been a while. Um, today, Scrum and Bass is going global and we are introducing a Scottish player, um, Scottish flanker Hamish Watson. Thanks for coming on. Hi guys, hope you're all well. Yeah, perfect. Well, we're drinking a pint. Are you drinking a pint? Or oh, that's probably not the vibe. Probably not after training. I did. Well, I did actually. I got a salt, but I forgot to put it in the fridge this morning. So it's a bit, it's a bit warm, which is a bit gutting. But, you know, oh, okay. I'll, I'll drink a warm beer for you boys. So, you guys in the pub? Where are you guys? We're, so, we're, we're actually in Italy and we're in an Irish pub in Rome. Oh, how lovely. It's all right for yeah. some, isn't it? Yeah. Um, also, to make it more international, me and Will are joining from Italy as we're away. But obviously, we couldn't miss this for the world. Got an international rugby player here. Couldn't miss it. We're actually lapping, in the, uh, lapping up the sun in Italy while while I'm here in the rain. Yeah, yeah. we're in, we're in the Abbey pub actually, an Irish pub in Rome. You know, quite niche, but um, it's very it's good, good stuff. What are we all drinking otherwise, boys? Uh, I've got a Timothy Taylor's Landlord. Um, hits the spot. Dag on with me. Beautiful. Yeah. There we go. I've got a, a Camden Hells, but I've got a, a double pint glass. There's actually two in here, but, you know, it, it's quite a big glass. Got it for my birthday the other uh, few weeks ago. Imish, so. <laughs> are you having a drink? I am. I've got, I've got a warm sol. It was short notice, so I had to blow yeah, the cobwebs off the beers, and I've got um, a warm sol, but it's been in the freezer for about five minutes. That's all right. We'll do. Will, what are we drinking? We're on the uh, Kilkenny Red Ale. Um, <laughs> very, very, very tasty. A nice Italian beer. Well, we had to go for something a bit more rugby, so we thought. Uh, we actually, uh, in the pub, the uh, the landlord is mates with Jack McGrath. Maybe next week. So, so I looked up, and you. So you grew up playing for Leicester Tigers Academy, which is sort of known as like one of the best academies around the world. Like, what was your like, you know, what was it like there? Like treatment as like a young player there, um, and were you always like a flanker, or would you go anywhere else? Yeah, so it sort of, it sort of came about the Leicester Tigers thing because uh, I went to Oakham School, uh, where they have real strong ties with uh, with Leicester Tigers. So uh, my school coaches were Matt Smith and Ben Gelderbloom, who both played for Leicester Tigers. So I sort of had a few trials in my in my last year uh, at Oakham. And then from there, I went into the academy after my last year at Oakham. So at 18, I went into the academy and um, just did a year there, which was great. It was a great experience. It was obviously my first, my first time doing rugby full time uh, with the academy. Uh, played quite a bit of A-League stuff. And um, yeah, it was a great experience. Obviously, I didn't get kept on at Tigers, um, but I did a year and it sort of set me up for playing Scotland under-20s. And um, it was a great experience. And obviously, it's led me to... Um, sort of helped me where I where I got today so I'm so thankful for that experience that um Tigers gave me. Were you always a hey. flanker there? Sorry. Uh yeah, always always been a flanker. I played I played a bit of centre when I was maybe um fourteen. My first year at Oakham I played centre. Um and then going back even further to that when I was at uh, primary school I played uh, I think I was probably about eleven. I played a year up and I was on the wing but really random. Um <laughs> But for Hamish, my, Hamish, on the Tigers Academy days, do you still know a few of the boys from Tigers Academy who are still playing pro rugby now and people who might still be playing for Tigers or for England through that? So, so my year was uh, Alex Lewington, who's uh, playing at Saracens. So Saracens now. Him. 
the sort of guys who have still made it. Fraser Balmain, I think he's at Gloucester. Um, so I sent him like the odd text. Um, Dave Markham was my year who went to Sedba. He was, um, I think he, I don't know if he's still playing now, but he went to Jersey. He was playing at Jersey for a bit. And um, George Ford was a year below me, um, but was already playing sort of first team stuff when I was there. So I still, um, when we played England and stuff, I still speak for 40 after the games and stuff like that. And uh, Manu's my year, but uh, he was obviously um, playing first team when he was about 16. So he wasn't actually in like the academy setup, and it was quite it was quite separate the academy from um, from the first team. It was sort of you do it would be completely different to training. Uh, all the weights would just be with the academy, and then if you were performing well for the academy, you'd get a chance to play for the A League um, and play some A team stuff, and that would obviously involve the the first teamers who weren't um, playing for the first team or people coming back from injury who need some game time. So you played with some, um, a few big dogs back then in the, in the A-League. Fair enough. So um, after Leicester, you, you moved and you're now at Edinburgh. So how did, uh, how did that move occur, considering you've been at school in England as well? What took you up to Scotland? So it was mainly just my, my Scottish route. So I played, I played uh, Scotland 18s. No, sorry, I tried to play Scotland 18s. I actually didn't get in. Um, my last year, Oaken played Scotland 19 and then played Scotland 20s. Um, played Scotland 20s in my year at Tigers, where I went to the World Cup, uh, the under 20s World Cup. And after that year, the under 20s World Cup, that's where the opportunity came about to. Uh, so, Leicester said that they weren't going to give me a contract. And luckily, I played well enough at the under 20 World Cup, and that's when Edinburgh um, came in and offered me sort of an, an academy sevens contract up with Edinburgh. Uh, and then, yeah. And, Went from there, really. I got offered a two-year academy sevens contract with my first year, then second year with a fifteens contract. So that's how it came about, really, and been, uh, been here ever since. It, mm. On the sevens contract, did you find it difficult making the move originally from fifteens to the Edinburgh sevens, and then back to fifteens? And how how do they differ in terms of like the club and how you play? Um, it was it was a weird it was a weird setup when I first joined the sevens because it wasn't it was nowhere near as professional as it is now. Um, when you see the Scotland boys on the seven circuit, they're all full-time pro players. So when I was playing my first year, we were playing, you'd have maybe six academy boys, and maybe three full-time pros, and then the rest would actually be club players playing semi-pro um, or amateur rugby up in Scotland. Uh, so it was, it was a bit more of a, a, a bit more of a unprofessional setup. Um, obviously we all loved, we all loved the tours and we, but we didn't go as well as obviously the boys have been doing recently. They've been, you know, they won those, uh, those Twickenham tournaments, and they're 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 a really strong side now. So when I was young, it was a it was a bit more of an experience, and uh, we weren't we weren't too great to be honest. We were having close games with the Cook Islands and stuff like that. Uh, no disrespect to the Cook Islands, um, but yeah. So I I did the sevens, and then uh, I was lucky enough to play a few games for Edinburgh as well in my first year for the first team. Uh, I think I played uh, four or five games that first year. And uh, yeah, so I just did the one year with the sevens, and after that, sort of integrated more into the fifteens pathway, which I found all right. So you know, I've been playing fifteens my whole life, and the sevens is great for exposing you to all those you, you're um, you're not so good at. Like um, you've got a lot of space either side of you, um, working on your passing skills and stuff like that. So it's great. It's a great development pathway, and uh, somehow I think it's really good for all young players do if they can. What position did you play in sevens out of interest? Prop. Oh, nice. <laughs> were you, were you a, str- were you a strong? Were you a strong? 
Um, so you made your Scottish debut in 2015 um, against Italy in the Six Nations. How did you How did you find that? Like, what was, what was it like, the occasion? Um, um, yeah. It was amazing. It was it, it was something any for any uh, professional rugby player you sort of dream. You sort of dream of playing international rugby and and playing for long, growing up to 14. So it was it was an amazing experience for me. I don't know whether you boys have done your research. Obviously, the result wasn't wasn't too great in 2015. It was I think it was our first loss to Italy at home for gosh knows how many years, and um, it was a pretty bleak day for all the boys involved involved in the changing room. Just because I don't think any of those boys had really lost it at home, and it was a mixed emotions day for me because I had my family up, and it was such a such an amazing day for me to still get my first cap, even even um, though we went on and on and lost to Italy, which was a uh, Obviously, pretty gutting. Um, and yeah, after that, I took. Um, I didn't really play for Scotland for a year, so it was, uh, it was a bit terrible after that. But we got there in the end. Yeah. yeah, and sort of like playing at Murrayfield, like every time you sort of go, like all of us are English apart from PJ. So like watching like Murrayfield, it's like always like the national anthem when it goes like quiet. And it's like it's quite a surreal feeling, especially at Murrayfield. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know whether you guys have actually. Have you been, have you been to Murrayfield? Yeah, yeah. The atmosphere there is obviously amazing, and I don't think there's many places like it. Um, it's obviously not as big as not as big as Twickenham where you boys were used to going, but it's the atmosphere is amazing, and uh, every time you play, you know, during those anthems, it's uh, it is it is um, spine tingling, and it really does get you pumped up, and it's uh, always a very proud day for me and my family whenever whenever I'm playing for Scotland. So. Hopefully, as long as I'm playing well, that will continue because they're always uh, some of the proudest days of your life, those days at Murrayfield, especially um, if you can get the result as well. Is it, is, it quite, is it quite weird playing? Because um, I swear Edinburgh play at Murrayfield as well. Is it sort of like a weird like interchanging when you're playing club rugby there to international rugby? Or is it sort of yeah, it's a, it is a bit weird because for Edinburgh, we, we, get, about, um, we get about five... 5,000 fans for a league game and a 67,000 seater. So it's a bit of a weird one. But even for my club, I love playing. I love playing there just because you still get the home advantage. And we, we Edinburgh, have been pretty good over the last few years um, at Murrayfield. Um, so it is a, it's a weird feeling only having 5,000 fans there, which which isn't great. But, you know, it's still the facilities you get at Murrayfield and you're in your changing room and stuff like that. It's still, it's still great. But we're actually building... Um, Building that back, the back pitches at Murrayfield. We've got a stadium going up there at the moment, which is quite exciting for Edinburgh uh, rugby going forward. That's cool. Uh, Hamish, probably one of your best moments playing for Scotland and Scottish rugby in the past few years might have been scoring against Australia in Sydney to beat the Aussies uh, and in front of all those Australian fans as well. How was the feeling of doing that amongst the boys and kind of doing it all in front of a massively Australian crowd? Yeah, it was it was a great day. It was, a, it was an amazing tour that we went we went to Singapore, Australia, and Fiji, and uh, I don't think we had beaten Australia away for for a while. Um, and it was it was great to get the win there. And obviously, my try I don't know what you saw it was a bit it was a bit of a walk in. It was just a bit of link up play, but you know you got you got to be there to score them. So exactly, you've got to finish it. Exactly. So it was great. Um, although I nearly didn't do that. To be honest, but it, was, uh, it was great. It was a great. It was a great moment uh, for me and a great moment for the team to get that win away. Where you know we've we've struggled a bit as a team to sort of get those um, get those big away results against big teams. So it was a it was a great day for all of us and all of Scotland really. So Hamish, this might be a bit of a cheeky question, but I think that tour took place as the same as 
at the same time as the last Lions tour. So with the Lions coming up next year, what are your aspirations? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Um, I haven't got my hopes up, put it that way. We, yeah, I think it's, it, all depends, it all depends on what happens this year. Everyone knows that you can be playing as, as, um, as, well, as, as well as you can be for the first three years, but it's, it's all down at that year. So you've got to have, um, one, you've got to be playing well for your club. You know, the club stuff comes first. If you're not playing well for your club, you're not going to get to Scotland. And um, then, yeah, then it's what you do on, on the international stage in, in these, uh, hopefully, the autumn internationals coming up and then um, the six nations. So it's, it's all going to be down on, down on this year, I presume. Um, but who knows? Who knows what, what the line is? The, um, obviously, this year, um, the six nations, England won the Calcutta Cup. But um, in sure. 2018, yeah, <laughs> in 2018, um, uh, the Scottish Scots won, and obviously in 2019 as well, it was a pretty incredible game. Um, so, what, what what were your memories, especially from 2019? Because obviously, that game, um, but also 2018 winning. Yeah, 2018, um, probably one of my uh, one of my proudest moments. In, in, obviously, um, I don't think we'd won the Calcutta Cup since 2008. So a lot of the players, even the older boys, that was their first time beating England, and it was uh, it was an amazing experience. It was, it, the crowd were fantastic that day. It was it was an unbelievable game, and it was it was probably um, although we've had other big victories since, it was probably the day everything sort of came together for us, and everyone from one to twenty three just had an amazing part to play, and uh, it just all you know it just all went right that day, and then. Um, and yeah, it was a good, good celebrations afterwards. And then in 2019, that was probably the other extreme. It was the weirdest game I've ever played in. If you remember the one in 2017, that's when we went down there and got absolutely pumped to Twickenham. Yeah. And obviously in that first half, I think any Scottish fans that travelled that day and anyone playing, you can say you didn't have it in your head. But I know a lot of the players are thinking, here we, you know, here we go again. And it was, it was the weirdest experience. And then. You know, we, we just managed to stick in there a bit. And then uh, Rambo, Stuart McAnally got that charge down, um, charge down try. Yeah. Th- and then it was, what, 31-7, was it? And um, people are probably still thinking, well, great, you know, it's a consolation try. And then in, at half time, it was just sort of um, the old cliche, let's just go out and win the second half. And, you know, the, the, that all, all that rubbish. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just absolutely nuts. I don't. I think everyone watching that game at the time, and if you rewatched it, it's still an unbelievable game. And then the obviously the annoying thing was we got in the lead and then can um, can finish it off, which is really really gutting because that would have been our first win at Twickenham for ages. But from where we were, from where we were at, thirty-one nil down, to um, come together and and get the get the score, I suppose, was great. But it's all that one way. You can yeah. believe what you've also let slide, like a chance to beat England at Twickenham. But you know we'll get the chance again this year, and hopefully, um, hopefully put it right for sure. Because there are stories of um, at halftime, like Finn Russell making making speeches and saying things, or like I don't, I like no one really knows. Obviously, apart from the people in the change room, can you confirm or deny what what went on in the change room at halftime? Um, you know what? I don't even. I don't even know. I'm in my own world at halftime. I'm just trying to refocus, get my get my energy back, and um, try and take in little bits. But I don't know. I can't, I actually. I genuinely, when I see that in the press about Finn having an argument with Gregor or whatever, or whatever the the rumor goes or the gossip goes, I actually um, 
I actually can't remember. Um, I remember, I remember saying a few, like I said, a few cliche comments. Let's let's go out and win the second half. Do ourselves proud. All that, all that garbage. And then I actually can't. I remember Finn saying saying a bit, but that's what your ten does. That's what your leaders do. So he would have said something to the team, and um, whatever he said, it worked, and whatever Gregor said, it worked. So um, so yeah, if there was a little argument, it worked for. Um, I don't know whether there was, but if there was, it worked for us anyway. So recently. The World Cup in Japan, like sadly, you had to leave early due to your injury. But like, what were your experiences in Japan? Because like the people we spoke to said it was like the most incredible tournament like, they've been to. And so, what were your experiences there? Yeah, I would say the same. If you guys can ever get out there, I would definitely go. It's an amazing, an amazing country with amazing people. Um, the people are so nice and uh, yeah, just very welcoming. It was um, probably one of the greatest places that I've ever been to. I went on the sevens and it was a bit of a different experience. It was still great, but with the World Cup, I think they just fully, fully embraced it. And um, rugby's a lot bigger than it was when I was on, when I was when I went on the sevens, it would have been 2012 or something. And I think in, in that time, they've, they've really, um, the rugby's got big, big in Japan and, uh, and they were just fully embracing the World Cup and it was a great place to, great place to play and a great place to go to. And it was obviously just a bit gutting the way it all ended. Um, but straight away after I got my injury, my family had actually booked flights to come out. And I said to them, listen, you still have to come out and experience it. Because they were like, oh, we might not come out anymore. And I was like, no, you have to come out and experience it. Support support Scotland and come out. And uh, they had a great time as well. So, it's um, so yeah, if you guys ever get the chance to go out there, I would um, encourage you boys to do it. Um, so, still on the subject of Scotland... Um, what was Greg Laidlaw like as a captain? And because he comes up, up as this like calm and composed character, and um, how does he, or how does Stuart Hogg differ to him now as captain? I think they're very different in the way that um, Greg's obviously a bit older, a bit more experienced um, at being a captain. But if you look what Hoggy's done in his first Six Nations, he's been great for us as well. Uh, Greg is someone I've looked up to ever since I went to Edinburgh. So I suppose it's slightly different for me in that way because I'm I'm a, I suppose an older an older Scotland player now, which is quite depressing. But I'm the same age as Hoggy, so I've always seen him as more of a mate and um, someone who's the same age as me. So I think he's a great captain and doing a great job. And people who are probably my age when I first joined Scotland, like Greg was, the 22 year olds, they're probably looking up to Hoggy and thinking, "What an inspiration! This is amazing." And um, that's how I felt with Greg. I think. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought Greg was a great captain. I thought John Barkley, um, when we when we were playing the back row together, was also a fantastic captain. So I can't say enough about those two. And um, yeah, Hoggy, I hope he has a really successful um, successful uh, captaincy as well. Sorry, um, Gregor Townsend, been your coach quite a long time now. How how's your relationship with him? What kind of interactions do you have with him generally, and also kind of throughout? the last few months and things like that? Um, my relationship with Greg is really good. Um, I think, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but it's, at one point he was looking at me when I was at Edinburgh, when he was at Glasgow as well. So I think we've, we've got a good understanding. I think, well, I like to think that he likes me as a player and I, I definitely like him as a coach. We get on well. Uh, I think he's, his, his attention to detail is really good. Um, he's really big on getting the basics right. And I think he's done well to... Obviously, we all know what sort of attacking coach he is, and how good Scotland were in attack uh, at the start of his at the start of his um, reign as coach. And now he's sort of given the reins a bit more to Steve Tandy, the defence coach. And you can see that in the six nations that our that our D was the best in the competition, not down to staff anyway. But 
Um, so I think he's done well also to just be like the attack's important, but also uh, is now emphasising a bit more on the defence. But I think he's um, he's a really good coach, and he also uh, cares about the boys' families and uh, you know what they're doing outside of rugby, which I think is really important to um, to build that culture. You know, it's good to know the players and know their families and um, and stuff like that. And likewise for the players to know what the coaches are like outside. We've all got we've all got uh, lives outside of rugby, and I think it's important to um, to have that relationship. For sure, for sure. Um, to possibly lighten things up a bit, um, you you mentioned on your email to us that you've been playing quite a lot of Warzone. Um, one question: How good are you? And second question: um, Who 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 do you play with? Do you play with any other players? And uh, and yeah, how, how's it going? It's um yeah, it is a hobby of mine. I love the Xbox. I'm not gonna lie. It's sort of I used to have a gaming room. It's sort of turned into my daughter's room now, which um, which is obviously great. It's amazing to have a daughter, but my gaming room was awesome as well. Um, so hopefully, if I ever get a place, that gaming room will come back. But uh, yeah, I play a lot of Warzone. I play a lot with um, with my brothers. Uh, I play a lot with some of the guys at the club. I like to think I'm an all right. I'm all right at um, Call of Duty. You know, I'm a positive KDR player. No, nice. I'm never I'm never below one. Um, no. I'm sitting at one point one one to be precise. But, oh, which isn't great, but <laughs> I reckon take away the gulag and I'm a solid 1.3 player. 1. Yeah, 1. Well, gulag gulag. I'm not a gulagger. <laughs> the gulag. um, but yeah, probably the best person at the club is uh, Damien Hoyland. He loves it. He loves his gaming. And Van um, Van der Merwe, I think I heard the other day, he's put in 20 days at Warzone. Really? Yeah. That's, that's consistency. It's very... It's Still on, on Warzone, what is your go-to loadout? <laughs> you know what? At the moment, I'm rocking the foul, and I get a lot of stick. Yeah. You'll get a lot of stick from me as well. That's a peculiar choice. No, if you've got a quick trigger finger, it's got, you, must, yeah. you must not have a quick trigger finger. Trigger, got finger. trigger finger. It's all about the trigger finger, mate. I'm I'm flying with the foul at the moment. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Um, but apart from that, I, don't, I, mean, I get a bit look. I get a bit of stick for my loadouts. So I like to rock weird guns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like trying. I like trying out because I get a bit bored just doing one gun. Like, my brother will constantly play with the M4, and I just get a bit bored of sticking one gun. So I like to mix things up. And then what's that's your Hey, what's my loader? Yeah, what's your loader? Oh, I think it's an MP7. I think or MP5. I can't yeah. remember. Let's go. You're rocking that as your primary. Are you going? Are you going um, overkill? You're rocking. Yeah. I think it is my primary. Back. But the thing is, I move. It's not. It's not about like the massive kill games. It's just about winning. No, that's all I care about. I no, you don't need the stats if you dub. No, I completely disagree with that. I've got a few oh, mates. Matt. I've got a few mates who'll be sitting there and they'll be on like fifty wins and they're getting one kill a game. And I, I it's don't fine. care. A win's no. a win. Wait, slick. How many wins have you had? I've been. It's not the point, mate. Not the point. He's had one. Hadley. He's got. That's, he's got not, not, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it out. <laughs> Leave it out. Anyway, no, I am enjoying. I'm enjoying. Um, I'm enjoying Warzone probably a bit too much because. Uh, if you ever want to have a game with a uh, me, me and Tom Stanton play. If you ever want to have a game with us, just... <laughs> you haven't even won a game. <laughs> I don't want to quad up with you. You play rock I've and roll. I've got pedigree. I've got pedigree. <laughs> I've got pedigree. <laughs> yeah, no. Nick's the only one that hasn't, hasn't got up yet. Just leave it out. Leave it out. It's not what I came here to talk about. Um, sort of recently, like returning back to training. You know, how's that been in camp? Like, obviously, 
returning back to training? Were you doing a lot during lockdown because of you know being told by Scotland, Edinburgh, to, like keep stuff going? Or was it a bit, you know, war zone? It was well. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a weird one because you had you end up having so much time on your hands um, that I was actually doing quite a lot of training. I, I wish because we didn't know at the start how how long the lockdown was going to be. So at the start, it was sort of guys just stay fit because you could be back in sort of a month. So I think originally at the start, a lot of boys were staying really fit, and then it just kept on going and going. And you know what it's like when you're training on your own. It's I mean I I like to think I am quite self motivated, but maybe for a summer holiday when you get two weeks, you can stay pretty motivated and train by yourself. But for this, it was three months, which is um, completely different, just running by yourself for three months. And um, yeah, it got a bit boring at times, but uh, it was with training. But in a way, I sort of looked at it as, it's, well, hopefully never going to happen again. So it was, it was great for me to spend so much time with my family and um, with my daughter, because obviously normally I'll be, I'll be training most days. So it was, it was great to uh, spend so much time with them. Uh, but I like I think I stayed quite fit. Uh, but then you get back to training. Obviously, it's so hard, and uh, then yeah, you, you don't think that you're probably as fit as you thought you were. So um, now onto a different topic: your mullet. Um, where did the inspiration come for this? And also, out of all of us, we'll we'll do a full 360. Who has oh. the best mullet? Okay, I had mine cut recently because it got to a different level. But my I, love, I, think, I think this is some. Um, I think this is some sort of craze, isn't it? Going around, um, going around public schools at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. My original one is pretty. Big. It's me. It must be yeah. me. It is. It's you. Yes. Oh, no. no. I'm forgiving you for your war zone comment now. That's <laughs> You know what? I need to cut it on the top though. The top's looking um the top's looking a bit too long. That's yeah, my getting, problem. It's as getting well. a bit um non mullety which I don't actually like. It's just getting a bit long all over. So I have oh, to no. trim the sides myself and um I have the exact same problem, don't worry. Exactly. And then people just think you're rocking a long lid when you know really it's um a mullet in disguise. But we'll get that we'll get that sorted out before um before we're back playing, hopefully. Good stuff. Do you do you spend a lot of time on your hair before uh, before game day? Pre game, yeah. sure the, the mullet looks good. No, not at all. The mullet does not okay, take. Guys, that yeah, no I'm not sitting there blow drying it before. The <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't spend. Uh, no, I don't spend any time on my hair really. But yeah. uh, it's just a weird one, isn't it? When you go the hairdressers and you just say, um, "Luckily, I go to the same guy all the time," and it's just nothing off the top. Just shave the sides and leave the back. So it's um sorry, <laughs> top and sides and leave the back. So it's um you used to charge me. Although he's got a bit cheeky, you used to charge me half a haircut. It was normally twenty quid. You used to charge me a tenner. It's a true story. You used to charge me a tenner, and now he's gone back to charging me twenty quid. Uh, brutal, brutal. God knows how much it will be after lockdown as well. Even more. <laughs> no, no bang for your buck. Exactly. How have you guys been keeping busy during lockdown? Because I know. I know we got in contact through one of your mates, Ed, um, or Max, sorry. Yeah. Max, your friend, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's obviously, he, you guys who have been just finishing school, it must have been pretty tough. You didn't get your, you didn't get your leavers ball and you didn't, you didn't get to see your mate. It's pretty guff. Obviously, you boys are on holiday, so you boys don't <laughs> care. But um, for the rest of you, you haven't been able to go on holiday and stuff like that. No, oh, it's been weird. Oh, I feel bad now. Yeah, I feel <laughs> really <laughs> bad now. <laughs> I've been working got a job as a removal man 
Oh, lovely. Nice. Yeah. On the grind straight away. Yeah, no, it's been just doing, yeah. doing that, really. Yeah, so yeah, I, I've also got a job, so, you know, he's decorated. The two bosses in Italy. The two <laughs> okay. Before, before we're completely tossed aside, we have, over the past two weeks, walked from Siena to Rome. Over 200 miles. Which is like over 200 miles. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't walking the, the park. That's quite impressive. Yeah. So how long are you guys out in Italy for, then? Um, yeah. We're up for, like, another two weeks. Two weeks or something. <laughs> Lovely. What was it like on the flight over? Was it dead? Uh, it was no, actually it was, quite busy. It was packed, but really. It's just very busy. We flew from Heathrow and it was really busy. And uh, people wore masks, but like the flight was kind of packed. And yeah, but you got your uh, complimentary hand sanitizer packet, so it was uh, oh, it was all worth it. It was all worth yeah, it. Who cares about coronavirus? You go straight back to the epicenter. Yeah, yeah exactly. One <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so what are you what are your guys' plans after now then? Uni or gap years or I'm going probably to Yeah. Gap year gap, and then gap, uni. Yeah. yeah. Gap year then uni. Hope, hope, hopefully, hopefully. If if results touch up. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how did it work with all the grades and stuff? That's a good question. Um, they no basically idea. kind of make it up based on how you've been doing, but it all seems pretty tenuous. No one really knows what's going on. So they, they judge it on what work you've been doing throughout the year? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Which for some of us is a bit... Oh, oh gosh. I was really hoping on peaking, and now yeah, I'm thinking to peak. Just, yeah, I'm you've got to peak at the exams. You boys didn't even get that yeah, opportunity. Exactly. No. I know, and I just knew I would have as well. Do they go on the, what do they go on then? The AS levels as well? The last year's we didn't have to do those. We didn't, know we didn't do AS's, so... It's, it's just... just what are you boys going to here? Literally on our schoolwork, <laughs> as in like preps and stuff like that. Yeah, just like homework and prep and classwork. So we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, really tenuous. Yeah, that's dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Who's I think it'll work out well. It means I don't actually have to take my real exam, which that's, yeah, that's it's much better. I guess it's good for some people who've been nausing out their prep and their homework. Exactly. Yeah. Hamish, you said earlier you went to Oakham. Did you have much experience playing? Well, you probably did have experience playing against Arundel and stuff like that. Garbage. Did you ever ex have you win or loss? Garbage. How good were they? Garbage. Absolute garbage. You sure about you that? You sure? I, I mean, Arundel used to be great. We were crap, but back in the day, we Arundel weren't bad. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't. Um, Arundel, Arundel in my year weren't um, weren't too great. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think they were. You know what? I can't really remember. I remember we beat them, um, but I can't when remember. Did you I can't when remember. Did you leave? What's that? What's, what year did you leave? Uh, I'm ten years out of school this summer. God, Whoa. <laughs> massive adult. That's God, good, um, no, it's exciting. It's exciting getting old, guys. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Mm. Yeah, classic. Fair enough. Yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, should we? I, I think we call that. A, is that anyone else got any more questions? We've got we've got some questions from the fans. <laughs> quick ones from the fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Um, so there's a question from Farky Weir, who is a Scot. Who is the scariest person you face on the rugby pitch? Um, good question. Uh. Well, I don't really know. I don't think I'd be doing my um, my job too well if I found loads of people scary on the rugby pitch. But um, 
toughest opponent. Um, maybe some big number eight. I don't actually. I don't actually know. Who no Some of the South no. African boys. Dwayne, Dwayne Vermeulen at eight. He's a big boy. Um, that whole back row probably are pretty big. They would play. They would play South Africa. Um, who was it? It was uh, Khaleesi, um, Stefan de Toy, and um, Dwayne Vermeulen. So that's probably one of the biggest back rows I've played. Yeah. They're um, they're tough boys to bring down. And then the French. The French are always tough as well. They've got. A, they've got a big pack. Um, for me, it's one of those weird things in the tunnel. You're lined up against them, and I'm always a, one of the smallest, well, the smallest forward, probably the smallest player bar from half. So it's one of those moments that when you look at him in the tunnel, you're like, oh gosh. And then once you get in the game, it's um, you just get on with it and you get the adrenaline. All right. So I always thought that'd be a bit weird. It's like you're sort of just standing next to a guy. Like is that a bit of a weird thing? Like just standing next to them, like because everyone's trying. To, when you when you do like a tunnel video, everyone looks so like. You know, game fix on, ready to go. Whereas I just start trying to have a chat with the guy next door or something like that. And just yeah, I always think that it's a weird one. The football, I no, I I try and stay, I stay serious, but I stay just composing my own thoughts. I'm not I I'm not one of those guys who's banging their head against the wall before a game. I like to stay pretty um pretty calm all the way up until the first sort of um the, till the kickoff. Really, I try and stay as calm as possible. Obviously, like you're saying before, the anthems get you going a bit. But I don't. I don't like even if I know one of the boys in the in the other team, I won't chat to them before the game. I might say hi in the warm-up bit, but in the tunnel, I hate. I hate it in football how they're all like best mates and chatting. I'm like, bloody stay serious. It annoys me now. You wouldn't have got that back in uh, Kino's days for United. Them talking to no, the but now they're all like pally pally and shaking hands and all that. So I don't like it. What's um? You mentioned some big number eights. What's someone like Billy like to play against? I mean, he's kind of worshipped in England as the biggest eight we've had in a long time, and all the players, the England players, rate him highly. What what what's he like from an opposition point of view? Yeah, tough. I think I think it's um. I think Billy Vinopolo, and I think when England have Billy Vinopolo and Manu Tuolangi playing, I think they're a different kettle of fish. I think they're um. It just changes their whole game, the whole dynamics of their game. Um, some people obviously think it's not for good because they do a bit more one-out carrying. But I think um, I think when those two are playing, England are a lot more dangerous, a lot more dangerous team. Obviously, they weren't playing in uh, in Murrayfield this year, so I thought that was a really good opportunity to retain the Calcutta Cup again. But it didn't go our way, and that was partly I think because the, the conditions were just awful and it was just a, yeah. a rubbish yeah, game. But um, but yeah, I think when those two are playing, they're both uh, pretty good ball carriers. And I think uh, England are a better team with those two. For sure, for sure. Um, Hamish, in your in your academy days, do your Leicester days, amongst the boys, because Manny was your year, was he kind of like revered and stuff like that? And when you played him, has he kind of lived up to that expectation from when he was playing first team and the rest of the boys were kind of academy level and stuff like that? Yeah, I think Manu, I think he would have been massive when he was younger and he was he was always um he was always playing first team and he had a lot of expectations on him because he had his two he had his two brothers who were obviously hugely successful, his three brothers who were all all playing um, pro stuff. So I think he had a lot of expectations on his uh, on his shoulders. And then obviously he went down the England route and his brothers played for Samoa. So, um, but I think he's obviously gone on and showed everyone what how good he is and what he can do. So, um, and yeah, he's gone to sale now. So yeah, huge. We'll um, see how that goes. But I think, you know, he's, he's done pretty well for himself, hasn't he? So I think he uh, lived up to his, his expectations, definitely. Um, with like the Edinburgh boys, obviously, you know, 
in Edinburgh. Do you like guys go out on a night out together? You know, night out in Edinburgh, or is it? No. Oh. No. Yeah, we do. We we uh we've toned that down a bit since Cockers came. Cockers um go out quite as much as we used to, which is probably a good thing. I'm not going to lie. Our results on the back of it have probably been a lot better. But, um, yeah, we're, we, we're like most clubs. It's one of those things, if you get win or lose, we'll probably, we'll, there's, there's always a few beers out and it's just, it's just to be sensible, really. If you, go and, if you lose a game at home um, to, a, to a team you're probably expected to beat, you know, it's not the most sensible thing to go out and go and get pissed that weekend in Edinburgh, you know what I mean? And start showing your face. So yeah, you just got to be careful what you do. And also you're all professionals at the end of the day. So like I say, if you go, if you lose a game, you probably won't go out into town. Whereas if you, um, if you win a big game, then you'll, you'll still have to be responsible, but you'll um, go out and enjoy it with the boys and have one or two, um, one or two uh, shandies. Sounds like a good night out, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> Hamish, I think we're going to probably finish the interview about then. Yeah. So, you boys have got to get so... in that Irish pub. You boys have got to go. Right, good stuff. Well, cheers. Um, thank you so thank much, much for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. No worries, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes, in. I'll be uh, seeing you in the gulag sometime soon. Yeah, I hope you get into your um, unis with your homework results and your prep results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers, guys. All right, take care. Bye. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, thank you. Yeah, really. Thank you to everyone listening. Should hopefully be back to some other stuff soon. Hope you're all well. All right. Well, bye from Richard. Quick, should do a quick rugby news. What, like, like, like the rugby pod. We've moved on. Bowden Barrett's just We've left. Had them on. Bowden Barrett's going to Japan. Tigers are going down the shitter. Um, oh, don't, don't rush through it, you know. We need to talk about it. I don't points. want to talk about it, mate. Man is left. Right, we'll we'll do it another time, potentially. Another time. Actually, no, yeah, to be fair, in the next few days, we could do a quickie catch up, newsy catch stuff. Up up that. But that's coming next time, so uh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. I'll mates. just cut that. I'll just cut that. Yeah, no, just, no, don't no, leave it, it in. It's natural, mate. It's natural. And you leave this bit in as well. Good chat. All right. Bye from Richard. Bye from Tommy. Bye from Will. Bye from Will. Bye from Tom. All right. <laughs>